Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning, and welcome to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome here. All that we ask is that you stay open to changing your entire life just by changing your mind. I'm Reverend Larry King, the senior minister here, and I do have a few announcements before we get started. Well, as you know, our in-person services have been canceled until the state of Oregon releases the ban on public assembly. So our annual business meeting has been postponed and other events here at the center that you might normally attend are being postponed. If you have questions about any of our events or services, you can always find out about them online at cslportland.org. Well, to make up for our missing in-person services, starting this week, we have two options for those of you with internet access. On Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, we offer a meditation service using Zoom teleconferencing. Everyone's welcome to attend, and details for using Zoom and the link to connect you are on our website. Again, cslportland.org. On Sundays, of course, please tune in to my Sunday talk. We're using Facebook Live now. The service starts at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, and the talk will also be posted as one of our regular podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Well, that's it for announcements, but I also want to offer prayer support. Gosh, these are troubling times for everyone. I don't want to minimize that. You're going to get your joke today, but I realize that what we're going through is anything but funny. So if you could use some prayer support, please seek us out online. At the bottom of all of our web pages is a link to submit a prayer request. Those are immediately mailed out to all of our licensed practitioners, and we'll get busy on your prayers right away. Also, we have a page listing all of our practitioners and their contact information. If you'd like a a quick prayer over the phone or through email, don't hesitate uh, to contact one of them. All right, well, let's move on with our topic for today, Always Do Your Best. You know, we're using Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, embarking upon week number four, the the fourth agreement. Uh, Last week, we worked on the third agreement, Don't Make Assumptions. And I hope you had it in mind throughout your week. I have to tell you, the idea of not making assumptions saved my neck a number of times this week, and I wanted to share it with you. So first of all, just even doing the littlest things, given what's going on in the world right now, if you make assumptions that the grocery store is open during its regular hours, if you make assumptions that they're going to have what you want, if you make assumptions that your doctor's appointment is going to be on time or is going to be in person, all of the normal assumptions that we might make that I made this week I have to tell you, this particular agreement really saved me. I phoned ahead. I checked it out. I did some proactive work to clarify what was going to happen, the hours that the supermarket was open, the fact that my doctor's appointment was not going to be in person but was going to be held on the Internet and so forth. It really was amazing how effective the idea of not making assumptions and instead clarifying exactly what is going to happen. 
it was a, a very smooth week thanks to that one agreement. And, and when things didn't quite work out, right, one of the assumptions is, well, I'm going to figure this out some way. And when it didn't happen, I fell back on our other agreement. I didn't take it personally. I allowed myself just to go with the flow and figure it out. I did not take it personally. Well, this week we have the fourth agreement, always do your best. And to introduce the idea of it, I managed to find a joke for you. So Jimmy's English teacher was a perfectionist. He demanded the very best of all of his pupils. So perhaps it was natural that he would get furious when little Johnny handed in a poorly written paper. This is the worst essay it's ever been my misfortune to read, granted the teacher. It has so many mistakes and errors. Honestly, I can't understand how one person could have made all these mistakes. Well, one person didn't, replied little Jimmy. My father helped me some. And so the idea of always doing your best, I think we need to start with the idea of perfectionism. Because I bet doing your best to some people represents an ideal of perfectionism that actually will get you in trouble instead of making your life go smoothly. I bet any number of us out there are perfectionists or have perfectionist tendencies. Have you ever just really worked yourself beyond what was possible to try to get something done in a certain time frame? Have you ever struggled and revised and revised and reworked something in order to get it to some artificial standard of, of beauty or correctness? Well, if you answer yes to any of those things, you might have perfectionism as a problem. And so the idea of always doing our best might bring that up for us. But you know, that's not what Don Miguel Ruiz is saying here. Doing our best is doing our best in the moment and not doing more than that and not doing less than that. And so when you find yourselves a little bit off, your best is going to be different than when you're running at full steam, when you're full of creativity, when you're full of energy. Your best in that moment, of course, very different. And so this is something I've been working on this week, in fact. Normally I get the office work done around here at the, at the center, my administrative sort of duties done in, oh, just a couple hours on Monday or Tuesday. And what I've found from all of the efforts I'm doing in, in other things that are new for me because of uh, social distancing and other things, everything was taking longer. Everything was, was making me be tired. And what I realized was, now wait a minute, this is the perfect example of always doing your best. Today, my best is this much, and it takes this long, and that's okay. I don't have to measure myself today on how I was able to do things yesterday, and I don't have to measure myself against any kind of arbitrary standard of how I think it should be done. It's simply suiting up, showing up, being present, and in that moment, doing our best. You know, the world is full of people that have set a pretty high bar. You'll notice people on television that look a certain way of perfection, that act a certain way of perfection, that they get their public speaking done perfectly, for example. And you'll try to compare yourself to those perhaps very cultured standards out there. 
So the idea of always doing your best is it's your best. It's not the best that you might see on television. It's not the best that you might see in a magazine. It's not, it's not the best that your best friend might describe it. It's not the best of someone that's had 25 years of experience in whatever it is that they're doing so well. Your best gets to be defined by you and you only. And so when someone else says or implies that you're not doing it your best, and it might be your best friend, who knows? It might be someone close to you. The implication might be you could achieve a little more. Just ask yourself the question, in this moment, am I really striving for my personal best in this moment? And if the answer is yes, I say just blow them off. <laughs> it's their deal. It's their business. It's their idea of perfection. And, and let them deal with how they want to approach life. But when you are doing your best, it is good enough. And that leads me into the, the second thing that I want to talk about, the idea of sufficiency. You know, I think that America is a, is a band of overachievers often. We always want to do above and beyond. But I ask you, how often do we do above and beyond? And it's not necessary and perhaps not even noticed. Do you have a sense of when enough is enough? Do you have that implicit idea in yourself of sufficiency of saying, I did a fine job. It's perfectly reasonable. I used the amount of time that I had allotted to me and I did it with a reasonable job of quality. I really gave it my all and that is good enough. The other thing I want to talk about, though, today is the idea of slacking. Have you ever been accused of being a slacker? I was trying to think back at a time in my life, and, and I remember when I was probably in middle school, and one of the teachers there labeled me a daydreamer. Oh, he's just looking out the window. He hardly puts any effort into his, into his homework, and he's sort of a slacker. And, and I think my mom was a little bit surprised, but but I had to admit it was probably a little true for me. I was a little bored in that class, and because I was bored in it, I wasn't even making a grand effort on the assignments that were, that were given me. I was just kind of treading water. And, and when I think about that time, it actually caused trouble in my life. Everybody was concerned that I wasn't doing my part, and I myself wasn't actually moving forward in my, in my abilities and skills because I was treading water. I wasn't doing my best. So not only are we called in this particular agreement to do our best and not more than our best, we're also called to do our best and not less than our best. When we do less than our best, there's two things that's happening. For one thing, the world will begin viewing us as less than. The, the world will begin wondering what's going on with us. And we'll notice job performance trouble at work. We'll, we'll begin finding ourselves not the one that's chosen for promotions and things like that. We'll begin seeing with our friends and our family that, that they begin viewing us as someone who really 
really doesn't have their heart in things or can't be depended upon or, or perhaps does a bad job of things. So there's that outward view. But I want to tell you too, it also affects us on the inside. When we don't do our best, when we don't rise to the occasion and put the resources we have, the energy that we have, the intelligence that we have into whatever effort we're working on, it also has an effect on our own self-esteem. We begin thinking of ourselves as less than. We begin viewing the world as something not worth participating in. And so really both sides of this particular agreement of always doing our best are equally important. It's equally important to not do more than our best, not to struggle and try to aim for some level of perfection, but it's equally important not to do less than our best. We're called upon to really give our effort in the time allotted with the energy that we have, with the experience we have, no more, but also no less. So what this looks like for you, and, and kind of a prelude to your homework, I might suggest, and particularly in efforts that are routine to you, whether it's how you do your work on a job or in a profession or, or how, it's how you handle household chores or, or doing the finances around your home or your business, routine activities that you do all the time, my suggestion is to really think about them. Are you tending towards perfectionism for no particular reason? Because if you are, you're adding stress into your life. You're adding in elements to your life that are really unnecessary and will tend to drain your enthusiasm, will tend to drain your strength. If you're striving for perfectionism and truly it's not necessary, you're doing yourself a world of harm. Likewise, the everyday tasks that you do, if you're not investing all of yourself into it, you're probably in that position of being viewed as less than, both by others and, and in your own heart, thinking that you're not putting your full potential to bear. All right, let's talk about homework for a moment. So we're up to keeping all four agreements in your homework. I know, it's, a, it's, it's quite a test. I've been reviewing them each morning as I get up. This is my process, and I would, I would advise you likewise, and this is your homework this week. Each morning as I get up, I review all four of the four agreements. And you'll notice if you go online to cslportland.org, we have a little cheat sheet there. If you want to download a copy of all four of the agreements to use as part of a spiritual practice, you're certainly invited to. So, at this point, I've sort of committed them to memory. I've reviewed that sheet enough so that when I go about my day, I'm actually thinking about the four agreements. Am I impeccable with my word? I'm getting ready to have a conversation with someone, and I, and I have something important I want to say. Am I going to be impeccable with my word? I begin noticing, am I taking things personally? Can I just shrug off something that happened to me as no big deal? So I get to the store and the entire paper products line is empty shelves. There's no reason I should take it personally. And yet I observe other shoppers doing exactly that. 
can you see when your plans are thwarted that ability just to not take it personally and move on? Also, uh, what I practiced most this last week, of course, is not making assumptions, clarifying what was going to happen, what stores are actually open, which of our favorite restaurants do offer carryout. All of the things where I could make outlandish assumptions, I took the time to check them out so that I didn't waste a trip across town or, uh, or come up against uh, something that wasn't going to work out the way that I thought it would. And then finally, this week, we're going to do our best to do our best. (laughs) This week, the idea is whatever we're doing, we're going to do our best no more and no less. So the homework to honor all four of the four agreements as best we can. And I do have a reading, I think, to help us with that idea. He says the first three agreements will only work if you do your best. Don't expect that you will always be able to be impeccable with your word. Your routine habits are very strong. They're firmly rooted in your mind. But nonetheless, you can do your best. By doing your best, the habits of misusing your word, taking things personally, perhaps making assumptions, they will become weaker and less frequent with time. If you do your best always, over and over again, you will become a master of transformation. Practice makes us a master. By doing your best, you become the master. Everything you have ever learned, you have learned through repetition. You learn to write, to drive, even to walk by repetition. And so if you do your best in the search for personal freedom, in the search for love, in the search for understanding... You will find what you are looking for. It's not about daydreaming. It's not about sitting for hours dreaming. You have to stand up to be a human and simply do your best. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one love. Only this one thing and what I know about it, it is the allness and the fullness All of the good of the universe blessed into this one thing that I call spirit. And what I know about spirit is just the fullness of life, the, the incredible bounty of the universe, all of that good available for me. And on this day, I, I claim it for myself. I, I do understand that there is this goodness in the universe for me. And I have my willingness to do my best to see it, to claim it, to really absorb it. I know that my best is defined by me, not by anyone else, not by Hollywood or Madison Avenue. My best is defined in the moment by my resources, by energy, what I have available for me, and I do give my best. I also understand that good enough is completely sufficient, that when I do my best, I can celebrate. When I am all that I can be in that moment, It is completely sufficient. And as it is true for me, I know it can be true for everyone here. Each of us can honor those four agreements. Each of us can understand when we're doing our best or when we're overachieving or falling short, bringing that range down to a more manageable level where our work is a natural extension, our efforts are a natural extension of who we are and the goodness and love that we represent. 
And so for this, I give thanks. For this, I have that understanding that these four agreements can truly bring about a heaven on earth for each of us. So in gratitude, I release this prayer. I release it into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be, and so it is. Now is our time of conscious giving. I'd like to remind everyone that that during this time of trouble, unfortunately, the center's bills uh, keep coming in the mailbox and our, our payroll checks keep getting written out. So if it's in your heart to perhaps give to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living, all you have to do is go to our website at cslportland.org. At the bottom of every page is a little link where you can make a, either an ongoing donation to us or a one-time donation. And your efforts would be most appreciated during this time. I also wanted to read uh, something we got from the Oregon Food Bank. Many of you know we were collecting food barrels uh, recently, and uh, we got a thank you letter from the second barrel that we sent in. It says, thank you, Portland Center for Spiritual Living, for your donations, which provided 172 meals for your neighbors. And so thank you all that have been uh, contributing in that, either by bringing food, and I know that, that many of you wrote a check for that charity as well. So thank you. So I want to close today with something a little different. It's a poem that most of you have actually heard before. And and so don't be surprised when you go, oh, I know that poem. But you may not know the provenance of it. You may not know what was going on when it was written. So the poem written in the 1920s. So World War I had ended, Europe still in a great deal of disarray. America plunged into the Great Depression. And so this particular poem, I think, was written really to give America some hope in the midst of trouble. And that's why I thought it would be useful to read it today. So it's called The Desiderata by Max Erlman. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly, clearly, and listen to others, even those who are dull and ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. And if you must compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. So enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world can be full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. So many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroes. Be yourself, Especially do not feign affection, neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, love is as perennial as grass. Take the kind counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. 
beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle always with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding just as it should. Therefore, be at peace with yourself, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your own soul. With all its sham, drudgery, broken dreams, nonetheless, this is a beautiful world. Be cheerful and strive to be happy. Thank you, everyone. So glad you were here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.